Welcome to the Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. We are a Bible-believing church located in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. We are proudly part of the Christian Fellowship Ministries with 3,000 churches around the world. We are a church focused on world evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Here we will share recent sermons from PHSA Church and other sermons from throughout our fellowship. I am Pastor David Bickford, and I will be your host for this podcast. I thank you for listening today, and we hope these messages are a blessing to you and bring you closer to God. Welcome back to the Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. Uh, Today, the message I've put together is a watchman named you, um, and will you sound the alarm? So as a, if you're going to follow along in your Bible this morning, the scripture that I'm going to use as a jumping off point is Ezekiel 33, 1 through 8. And so you can go ahead and turn there if, you, if you're going to. And um, as we jump in, you know, I just want to thank those that, that listen to the podcast. And I hope that, you know, as we grow over time, we bring more people in. So if I can ask a favor that if you are listening, if you do regularly download the podcast or listen to it, if you could share it just so that we can get the gospel out there as far and wide as possible. And um, yeah, thank you for that. So an illustration I put together is I have a a, a story of a vigilant light keeper. And so this, this occurred in Cape de Rosaires, which is literally Rosebush Cape. It's the easternmost tip of the Gaspé Peninsula, which was named after... The abundance of wild roses that were spotted there by Samuel de Champlain during his visit in 1632. So this lighthouse was built between 1853 and 1858, and after several several, uh, major shipwrecks happened in this area. No expense was spared building the lighthouse. It cost $115,000, and its lights could be seen up to 26 kilometers away or 16 miles today at sea. Today, it is the only imperial tower-style lighthouse still standing in the province of Quebec up here in Canada. So life at the lighthouse was pleasant because of its location in the village, unlike many others that that were isolated or or on islands or on points. The proximity enabled the lightkeeper and his family to have a social life and attend school and church and belong to the community. During the Second World War, Joseph Ferguson was the lightkeeper at Cape de Rosier, and on, on the September 15, 1942, while scanning the waters, he spotted a German U-boat and these submarines that had been lurking in the estuaries for a few months, and the lightkeeper knew that they had sunk several ships. He sounded the alarm to the civil defense, defense but was seemingly not taken seriously. Two ships were sunk that day, the SS Saturnus from Netherlands and the SS Inger Elizabeth from Norway. So let's jump into our text in Ezekiel 33, 1-8. The subheading for this, this portion of scripture is Ezekiel is Israel's watchman. In verse 1 it says, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. 
but if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taking away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I am made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. And if I say to the wicked, O wicked, you shall surely die, you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that the wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn away from his way, and he does not turn away from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. So what is a watchman? In our society today, we are told by the world that it is wrong to judge. We're constantly being told how wrong our beliefs are and how wrong our faith is as Christians. While we're being scolded for upholding the word of God, they, the world, is also telling others to be on the watch for the dangers of conservatism or religiosity or whatever kind of phobic idea that is in vogue at the moment. They want to silence all dissent of, to the world's secular humanistic faith, and they place watchmen in the media in the government, and in our schools. This reality alone should prove the need to hold the line to biblical truth, but unfortunately for many, it doesn't sound any alarm bells. No warning goes off in the hearts, minds, or souls of many who call upon the name of the Lord. Many of these people will be, you know, gladly or sullenly go along with the currents of the world. And this is a sad situation because in Christ we are called to be bold and even at times defiant, to the ungodliness that we see in our time. This does not mean we are to take up arms against our fellow man, not at all. It means that we are to preach the gospel with power, authority, zeal. We are called to be watchmen, the sentries, the heralds for the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I put in there on purpose the fact that, you know, taking up arms, because oftentimes today, what we see is some people saying it's time to rebel, it's time to take up arms. But the reality is, is that we are heralds of the kingdom of heaven. And what we should do first before anything were to come to that level is we should be speaking the words of God. We should be standing firm with the words of Christ. Just like Paul went before, you know, the kings and, the, and, the, and Caesar with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went all the way to Rome with the gospel of Jesus Christ in chains. We have to be willing to stand up for the purpose of the gospel as watchmen for the kingdom of heaven. That is our, our duty, and that is what we should be looking to do as, as Christians today. So what are the duties of a watchman? If you define a watchman, it's a person who keeps guard over a building at night to protect it from fire, vandals, or thieves, or a person who guards or patrols the streets at night. It could be, you know, you could use the term caretaker, custodian, patrolman, policeman, or warden. A watchman has come to mean many things to us today, but... I was able to find this job description from a watchman position in New York. Now, bear with me. It's a little lengthy, but I think it's important for us to highlight the critical role that a watchman plays in our society today and why it is so important for us to take this mantle onto ourselves because we deal with even higher responsibility to Jesus Christ. So a watchman, this is the from, from the job posting. Watchman distinguishing features of the class. This position in involves responsibility for safeguarding personnel, buildings, property, supplies. Work is performed 24 hours per day, does 
related work is required. Examples of work, illustration use only, check windows, doors, entrances to the building, make certain they're secure, detour admittance of unauthorized persons on premises, investigate unusual conditions or disturbances, prevent damage to property, check the conditions of fire hazards, punches watchman's time clock at reg regular intervals, check elevator lights, operate elevators when required, give directions to public, contact fire, ambulance, maintenance personnel when warranted, silence alarms when given written instruction, identify hazards such as tripping, slipping, take corrective actions, so fix it, check disturbances, check lobbies, building entrances, hallways for debris, Required knowledge, skills, and abilities for the role. General knowledge of duties and responsibilities of a watchman. Ability to think and act quickly in emergencies. Ability to write accurate reports of an incident. Willingness to work nights or on unusual shifts. Integrity, reliability, courage, sobriety, good vision and hearing, good physical condition. Minimal acceptable experience and training. Three months of satisfactory experience as a watchman or laborer. Satisfactory completion of background check will be required during the probationary appointment. This comes from Chapter 336 of the New York State Laws of 1992, requires that individuals who perform security guard duties must complete a pre-assignment training program and must be registered with New York State Department or New York State Department of State. Training and registration are required prior to the employment, and employees must maintain their registered status during the entire time employment. So this is an, obviously an earthly view of the importance of a watchman, and it's kind of a funny thing for me to like read here. But the reality is, is when you think about this, when you think about all those details, all those things that I just spoke about, all the stuff that I kind of emphasize, you get the picture that as a watchman, you're being held to a higher standard. And the watchman of the Lord, there's an expectation for those for those of us to also, you know, who know the, the truth of Jesus Christ and use that in our duties day to day. So even though as we're going around, and working our jobs, we're or, you know, raising families or going to school. We're supposed to be watchmen for the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be doing this 24 hours a day. Now, this isn't something that, you know, we're saved by grace and it's not by works, but it, we also understand that in salvation, it you have a changed heart and you desire to serve the Lord. And so that's what this purpose is all about. In service of the Lord, we're going to want to, you know, prevent damage to others. We're going to want to, you know, give people direction on how they can be saved. We're going to want to identify hazards that are around us that might lead others astray. These are all things that we should want to be doing as new creations in Jesus Christ. Because if you've truly been saved and set free and you've had that personal, you know, experience where where you've come face to face with Jesus Christ in your own life and he saved you and set you free from the bondage of your sin why wouldn't we want to be looking for opportunities to warn others so that they can too be saved or that we can warn them so that they won't fall into you know the the, the temptation that comes from satan you know these are all things we should want to do so it, it brings me to my next point which is god's watchman and we continue on in ezekiel with uh, chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. And it says, At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them a warning from me. If I say to, if I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn 
the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you shall be delivered or you will have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin, and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul. So even from this this text of scripture, we see you know, exactly what I was talking about before. We can warn people who are living in a, a life of wickedness, so they hopefully turn from their wickedness. But we can also warn the righteous who, who might be headed down a wrong path about the stumbling block that's placed before them so they can you know, recognize the, the error of their ways and turn from that. And both can save their lives if they heed the warning. So this might sound remarkably similar to that earlier text that I, I, I read, and it should since it's a basically a restating of that same message. It is the responsibility aspect of what it means to be a watchman. We are called to be heralds of the kingdom and guardians to our fellow believers. And the results of the alarm is not the concern. It's, it's what we need to make clear is it's our duty to give the alarm. If we are diligent about our duties, that is the expectation. The outcome is still up to the individual. We still believe in free choice. It is that pesky thing that we call free will, right? So we we understand that people aren't going to listen all the time. You know, sinners are going to sin. People might even backslide. But it's our it's our purpose to give the warning, to give the alarm so that they hopefully will turn back to or turn to Christ or turn back to Christ. We're not absolved from our duty just because we don't think it matters. It is because we think it does not matter that we have to exercise faith and sound the alarm. The illustration that I started with was the one of the lighthouse. The purpose of the lighthouse is to warn others of impending danger. Once the message has been made, we know that it, it has still been received. It's still up to the recipient to accept the message and act upon it, or else they might end in calamity. And Jeremiah 6, 17, it says, I set a watchman over you saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. This is the day and age that we're living in. This piece of scripture from Jeremiah is exactly kind of you know, what we're experiencing today, where you could give a warning, you could sound the alarm, and people are going to say, you know, keep it down. We don't want to hear it. And Amos 3.6, is a trumpet blown in the city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to the city unless the Lord has done it? We have this idea today of it's your truth is the only thing that matters, right? It's this relative truth idea. So we could sound the alarm and people be like, I don't believe in that. I believe in this. I believe in my own thing. And, and it's so relative to each individual that people will you know, wander headlong into danger because they don't have, they don't want to believe what's right in front of their face. You know, with all the issues we have in our in our Western societies today, you you give people warning and say you're heading down a path of destruction, and people go, oh, no, no, this is not a path of destruction. This is a path to prosperity. When in reality, it's a path right off the cliff. 
But that's why we, you know, we have to be a diligent watchman. And that's this brings me to my final point. Being a diligent watchman. It is not only for those whom you might save that you act faithfully in your duties. It is also for your own sake that you exercise faith and perform your duties diligently. In our illustration, we see that the watchman is oftentimes part of the community. In ancient Israel, this was also true. That means the watchman was not only responsible for signaling the alarm, but he was bringing attention to the danger that will affect his life and his loved ones. And we are called to diligence because it keeps us right with the Lord. In 1 Timothy 4.16, it says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. We are called to persist, persist in keeping the watch. To look for those who can be saved and protect others and to protect ourselves from harm as well. And Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls and those who will have to give an account. As those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. This is why we have leaders in our church. This, the ministry is meant to be a position of service to the brothers and sisters in Christ. We expect our leaders to hold themselves to a higher standard and to fulfill the duties of a watchman. This can be difficult when people being watched are ungrateful or don't want to understand the danger that is present. We could see this with Ezekiel and with Jeremiah. The people of Israel were in no mood to hear the ravings of these two godly watchmen. This is why Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He felt so strongly for his people and with the knowledge of the impending doom that was about to fall in Jerusalem, it was hard for him to cry out warnings that were going to fall on deaf ears. He was abused and mocked, but he was right. He preached the truth. Let us not be like the people of Israel denying the dangers of our time. Let us take up the mantle of the watchman and let us also carry the message of the cross to the world. It is a message of hope, but if, but it is also a message of warning. All who have salvation in Jesus Christ are now on the lookout. We are all searching for those whom we can bring into the lifeboat of salvation. Our world is sinking into chaos and is moving ever closer to destruction. Let us band together to get as many people as possible into the boat. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. And Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So in closing, I have to wonder, how amazingly bad were things before the flood? Because we know that the Bible tells us in Genesis 6.5 that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become. On the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of human of the human heart was only evil all the time. Man had become so wicked that their that they were wicked all the time. His thought life was continually wicked. Noah alone was righteous. Only himself and his family were to be saved. 
The story stands as a testament to both God's righteous judgment and his mercy. I wonder if any of the souls that died in the flood repented before the end. We know then there is another judgment coming. Jesus refers to this in Matthew and Luke. In Matthew 24, 38, 39, it says, For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And then they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. And so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And then in Luke 17, 26 through 27, just as it was written in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. This picture of the flood and the, and the reality that you know, Noah would have been building this ark for a long time. He was a watchman and he was giving warning, but nobody was willing to listen. Let us not let down our guard. Let us not leave behind our post. We need to be vigilant and sober-minded. We are watchmen and we are seeking those who God means to save. Let us not grow weary, but Lord, help us to continue on this path to bring others face-to-face with the revelation of Jesus Christ so they might be saved. I pray today that we grow in our faith and our love for Christ so that we will have the zeal necessary to build an ark in our own lives. Even if no one else sees the purpose, I pray that we believe or that we as believers will grow in faith enough to act on God's will alone, just like Noah, Abraham, Moses, and the apostles. I believe that we can be watchmen for Jesus today in our time. I believe it's our duty to do so because we are looking to, to you know, bring more people into that lifeboat of salvation. So if I could have Every head bowed, every eye closed real quick as we close this this message. I just want to give an invitation that maybe you recognize from this message that you are headed down a path that's going to lead to your destruction. You're you're headed somewhere you don't want to go. And maybe this message has been effective in, in, in highlighting the fact that you need to turn your course around and head to Christ. Well, you could do that. You can come to Christ. All you have to do is is accept him as your Lord and Savior and turn from your sin. And it's a simple prayer. You can repeat after me and just say, Dear Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. He died for my sins. I turn from my sin. I repent and I accept Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for salvation that comes through grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, then you've been written into the Lamb's book of life. You are saved. And it's, and it's a powerful thing. And I know that you, you would have felt the change in praying that prayer with, with true you know, humbleness. But what's next? What's next is that you need to get a Bible. You need to start washing yourself in the Word of God. You can download you know, the YouVersion app. It's got all sorts of different Bibles, and so it's free. If you need help finding a Bible, you know, reach out to us here. Be more than happy to help you out. And then on top of that, you want to... Pray to God. Start having those conversations with God. Start crying out to him and say, Lord, help me. Give me wisdom, understanding. And then find a Bible-believing church to lock into. And what I mean by lock into is, what I, is I mean, you go there, you find someone who's preaching the gospel, and you become a part of that church, a member of that church, that, and then you work towards seeing others grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ become an active member, not just a, uh, you know, someone who comes 
sits in a in a pew for a day and then they go back to their normal you know life during the week no become a member lock in grow with the with your with the church body both in your salvation and helping others to grow in theirs if you need help finding a church we have 300 uh, 3500 plus churches worldwide I'd be more than happy to help you find a, a church. But if you're in the Salmon Arm area, if you're in Salmon Arm, British Columbia, please, you know, reach out, visit us on Sunday mornings. We also do Bible study on, on Wednesday evenings. And we do outreach on Saturdays. And so we, we're, we're constantly trying to push forward with our duties as a watchman to bring more people into the, into the boat of salvation. So partner with us if you're around. I want to thank you for listening to this message. And again, if this message touched you, I pray that you know, you know that God will move this message far beyond the boundaries of Salmon Arm or Canada or United States or the you know any you know the any country. I pray they would go everywhere, and that people would be able to hear the gospel message and turn to Jesus Christ. But I, I hope that if this message did affect you, that you would share it so that others can hear the message and that the podcast can grow because the whole point of this is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ as far as wide as possible. So I want to thank you uh, for coming back again. And I can't, you know, I can't wait for you to come back next time. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to the PHSA Potter's House Salmon Arm podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Potter's House underscore Salmon Arm to keep up to date on what we are doing. Join the conversation and discover how Jesus Christ can revolutionize your life.